to the Gridiron Show. We're a week into the new season. Two weeks in... No, a week into the new season. That's right. And we've got loads of free agent deals to talk about. Loads more to cover. So we're going to get to all of the news from around the league. The Patriots, the Marcus Ware, the Packers, the running backs. It's all kicking off. We've got Matt Sherry on the line. We've got Ollie Hunter here as well. And we're going to get to your Twitter questions. Loads for us to cover. This is the Gridiron Show. Welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips, of course, uh, as you'll be aware by now, unless it's your first time listening to us. If it is, welcome. You'll enjoy it, I hope. Uh, We are doing a trip with Touchdown Trips, the Gridiron Deep South Tour in association with Touchdown Trips. You can get more information about it at touchdowntrips.com or on their Facebook page. But basically, we're going to go for 10 days, two, three, four NFL games, just depending on where the midweek games land. A couple of college games. We're going to get some basketball while we're there. There's going to be all sorts of extracurricular activity going on as well. Me, Ollie, and Matt Sherry will all be on the tour. And officially signed up going as a punter simon clancy will be joining us as well so you definitely want to get involved you can pay a hundred pound refundable deposit at this point to guarantee your place on the tour quite a few people signing up at this point and then when the schedule schedule whichever one ollie says schedule. is comes out we will uh, we will reveal exactly which games we're going to etc because right now we we can't predict that we know we're going to new orleans we're planning to go to atlanta hoping to go to the titans as well uh, lsu is definitely a, a stop that we're looking to make it's going to be brilliant really looking forward to it uh right this today's show is a little bit on the on the fly because on the hoof we yeah on the hoof because we've still got to get round like six divisions in our divisional roundup and we will do that we still got lots of great interviews to bring you from the super bowl but there's been so much news in kind of the five or six days since we last did a show, and this will be coming out on Friday morning, that we're just going to run through those bits of news. We've got your Twitter questions, and we're going to try something new today. We're going to, during the Twitter question section, we're going to go live on Twitter. It's Periscope through Twitter, isn't it? And we're going to take your questions live. And if nobody does it, it'll be a failed experiment, and that's fine. But hopefully somebody will get involved. But if at least one person, just one, changes their mind, no, that's something else. <laughs> Uh, So joining us for today's show, uh, Ollie Hunter, you've heard his voice already, and live from Hartlepool with a hard out of 804. Sorry, sorry, live from Hartlepool. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Big sale. Live from Hartlepool. (laughs) Matt Mouth breather! Oh, come on, Ali. Sorry, mate. Sorry, I'm better than that. What I like is that I feel like until he said mouth breather, Sherry was loving the big up, and then it just got dragged away from him. Giant Uh, Hello, Matt Sherry. How are you, buddy? I'm very good. How are you, guys? Yeah, I'm very well. It was the Talk Sport 2 first anniversary drinks last night. And I drank too much in a very short space of time, and I've spent the entire of today sweating out alcohol. But what it's, are you going to learn? It, it's fine. I, I, <laughs> why, why doesn't he learn? I never know why he doesn't learn. <laughs> um, I do went, you want to know a bit? Do you want to hear a bit of office gossip? Oh, we haven't done hashtag office gossip in a while. So, you know the guy that looks like a meerkat that works down here, uh, who yeah, was, yeah. was battered, who called our boss 
Bike Moville instead of Mike Boville. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the story you're going to tell about him is going to be as good as the story I'm going to tell you about him afterwards. Uh, I don't think it is. Uh, yeah. So Adrian Durham was there yeah. uh, to talk primarily to Mike Boville, Bike Moville, and uh, he got cornered straight away oh, by, yeah. by the meerkat, stuck with him for 20 minutes. And uh, Durham told me today... He was bordering on the offensive. <laughs> right. This, His this, behavior. This is the same guy who, earlier than that, so this is before we got this, around 6.30, went outside for a cigarette with, our, with Jeremy. Uh, there was... Irish uh, Jeremy, for the, those that Irish uh, Jeremy. like to keep up with the characters uh, in uh, hashtag uh, office gossip. A man once described as the perfect man by another member of this office. Um, was that me? No, Sam Ellis. <laughs> oh, right, sorry. Uh, Irish Jeremy and the meerkat went outside, and there were two girls sat outside on one of the benches also having a cigarette. Oh, no. So the meerkat got chatting to them, giving it the, 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 the shanter, and, you know, this is still early in the evening, probably only a few pints deep. And they're chatting away, and it's kind of you know it, it is what it is. And then one of the he grabs one of the girl's phones off her, and what? looks at her phone and goes, "Oh, why is why have you got a girl? Is your background?" And the woman went, "Oh, that's my girlfriend." And he went, "Oh, are you like?" And I'm going to have to do a hand signal here, but Ollie can describe it. He went, "Oh, like." <laughs> that's one of the worst things that you've ever done that's awful <laughs> he did he did this the is scissoring motion no, no, with no, no, his this hands is a family show <laughs> this is a this is an award-winning family show and when she went You're out of order and when she went yes he gave her a high five <laughs> <laughs> Did she high five him back? Apparently so. Oh, yeah. oh what a horrendous uh, human being! Yeah. Oh, I, so I went to because I've been hung over today and actually started drinking again. So this show could go a bit loose. Bit Sorry, quick. aren't you working so right now as well? Technically, <laughs> because I was in work and people were like, "You've got an hour to start your podcast. Do you want to go to the pub?" Have they all gone down the so pub? So we did. Three of us went to the pub. Who's gone to Two the pub? Uh, it was me, Keelan, and Have you Kyle. Got a problem okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but actually, out of the three of those guys, it, it, he's the one least, unbelievably least with the problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I went to the cinema this afternoon. I had a lunchtime meeting in town, so I went to that. And then why wasn't I invited? Because uh, it was nothing related to anything that we do together. Okay. And, why not? And then we're like we're like Ant and Deck. <laughs> why was, I you, was it a job interview? <laughs> yeah, it was. Was I could, it? I could do with one of those right now. Yeah, you could. Um, <laughs> but uh, I went to the cinema. I had like four hours to kill afterwards, so I went to the cinema. Uh, you know, I had four hours to kill today. We could have hung out. Yeah, but mine was from like two till six. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. That's when you're working. Sorry, you just carry on with... I don't know why you're not finishing your story. God knows. But I went to the cinema this afternoon, and I was in the screening on my own, in this like 300 capacity cinema. <laughs> Literally just me. I, I wonder in that situation, do they just not show the film if nobody bothers going in? But going in the cinema on your own when you're hungover is great. I was just... On my phone, I was farting, I was just having a whale of a time. Willie. Sorry, mate, you do that anyway. Oh, yeah, there's that. Yes, Will, Matt. Did you whack off? <laughs> oh, oh, Sherry, I'm going to have to time code that. <laughs> That's out of order. We've gone, we've we're already, in the first... In the first seven minutes of the podcast, we've had tribbing and whacking off. It's, it's, out, it's out of order. It's out of order. Oh, there's so much for us to talk about in the NFL as well. Again, I didn't bring a laptop in today, so I have a big stack of paper in front of me. Should we talk about the uh, NFL stories? Yes. Uh, 
Sherry, you can just take this because the top line of my running order today, and I did a running order, that's how much free time I've had today, just says Patriots. They're going to win Super Bowl 52, aren't they? I think so. I, I think they're the, they're the absolute heavy favourites at the moment um, based on what they've done. Although that changes slightly when they trade Malcolm Butler, which seems inevitable. I think it, right now they've, they've massively upgraded, and I think once they lose Butler, that, that isn't necessarily the case. But the flip side of that is then they get some draft picks back in a loaded class. And yeah, I think they, Sherry, do they really think that Gilmore's better than Butler? Uh, I think, I mean, I don't think Gilmore's better than Butler based on what we've seen. I love Malcolm Butler and I'm really, really disappointed. What the issue with him is, and it was kind of shown in the Super Bowl, is you can't match him up against big receivers. And I think they see Gilmore as a guy who they can match up with small, quicker receivers because he runs a 4-4, but they can also match him up with bigger receivers. Did, did, anyone, see the, um, did anyone see the Rich Chimini report? about Dante Hightower resigning. Well, I, I saw the one about the New York Jets as ridiculous cupcakes. And- so, so, yeah, I mean, this is... this is. I, I just... I, because this is related to the Malcolm Butler, this is, this is the reason I mentioned this. Because, obviously, the big news is Dante Hightower has signed a four-year deal with the Patriots. It's worth $10.2 million a year. That makes him the second highest-paid inside linebacker. Yeah, it's, actually, it's actually worth a lot less than that. It's worth $9 million a year, and yeah. then it's worth... It, it can be incentivised up to that. But you can do that with any contract that comes out. Let's just yeah. do the headline money, which is what everyone Sorry, does. can I just say, yeah. uh, <laughs> just 10.2 to 9 million is a lot less, yeah? So... Uh, come but, on, come but, on, Sherry. Don't try and sugarcoat is, things like this. It, it makes him the second highest paid inside linebacker. I think third highest non-pass rushing linebacker, one of the other two being Jamie Collins. Um, and he is a good interior pass rusher, but as a defined job role, as it were. Um, so he resigns, And as we're now aware, the Jets not only rolled out the carpet for his birthday and gave him cupcakes, but they offered him around 12 million a year. And he decided to resign with the Patriots. Now, this happens with the Patriots seemingly on a regular basis. They've done it a few times where a big name free agent has gone out there, tested the market and come back because you can say to them, you can you can win a title here. Uh, we're going to pay you like two million less. But let's be honest, in the long run, you being a three-time Super Bowl winner is going to be great for your post-career success compared with being a two-time winner. This is what Rich Chimini wrote about the Jets' negotiations with Hightower, and I think you'll enjoy this, Matt. The Jets have taken a low-key approach to free agency, but they really want Hightower, and they're willing to give him a blockbuster contract. They'd probably offer considerably more than the Patriots, who negotiate with the arrogance of an organisation who have won five Super Bowl titles. When they set a value on a player, they rarely budge. It's all, If the player is all about the money, adios. I loved Rich Chimini calling them arrogant. It's like that, that had such the smell of a Jets beat writer who has just been slowly beaten into the ground by having to follow that team week in, week out. I'd recommend anybody, and I've met this guy, um, read Ed Bouchette's piece on how Dante, he's a, he's a chiseled Steelers writer. Um, Dante Hightower's done the Steelers a favour by not signing for them. He's overhyped and overpaid, and I just thought, that stinks of a reporter who's sick of seeing the Patriots win. <laughs> the, the, the only problem is the health issue. He's not played 16 games at any point in the last five but that, years. That's, that's why I mentioned the contract, because yeah. they, they've massively protected themselves against that. It, he can earn the 10-point-odd million, but he has to play every game of a season to do it. It's a lot of in-game bonuses. So I said in the Super Bowl that careers are made off a Super Bowl performance, particularly talking about um, Grady Jarrett. Is that his name? Yeah, Jarrett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well done. But has 
Dante Hightower's value and uh, his worth gone up because of how he marshaled that defence in that second half? Um, just, just, just on that, has that, has that added a couple of million? Uh, not, not, not on the, not in the deal, no, because ultimately the Patriots offered him ten million a year before this season. So I mean, he's basically got a little bit more than they offered him. I think it helps, and I think the the sack in the Super Bowl and the Marshawn Lynch tackle, which was still ridiculous because he had a torn labrum for about six weeks for that when that was made he's a really great player but he's a player who's more valuable to New England than he would have been any other team he just fits the scheme perfectly he's really versatile he's much better in pass coverage than is currently being suggested by people he's just a great player and I think that the, the Patriots when they have a guy like that he's, he's a leader and, and they really value that and I'm, I'm not surprised at all they've brought him back because he is he is the next in line the the Brewski. Mayo and now it's Hightower he is that guy and he's, he's got the same number as Brewski and everything else so yeah he's a, he's just a leader for that team mm. they've also brought in Coney Ely this week which you know okay he didn't live up to billing this season but uh, we saw what he could do in the Super Bowl just what 14 months ago so we know what a difference maker he potentially could be and then uh, this happened pretty soon after the podcast but we knew it might happen the Brandon Cooks trade came through and uh, they paid what they paid for him and it was no small amount of money that, that was paid for him in, in terms of they gave that first round pick and then exchanged a third and a fourth. Uh, I think the third was a com- compensatory pick, wasn't it, from the Jamie Collins deal. So it's that kind of bonus third round that you get. Um, but there are two pieces I want to talk about. The Cooks trade and then Rex Burkhead coming in to the backfield stable as well. Because first of all, on Brandon Cooks, I think this is a really interesting move for me because clearly Belichick loves Brandon Cooks. He's talked about him in the press before. He's a big fan of what he does. He said when they played him in preseason, he's glad that they don't have to play him twice a year. But Cook's predominant value is as a stretch-the-field guy. And Tom Brady throws deep less often than anyone else in the NFL, that pretty much. last season, though. I, I, it went up, but it still wasn't no, it was, extreme it was, numbers. It was, it was significantly up last year. They threw and, the ball deep a lot more than you would think last year, if you look at the numbers. And, and obviously, and, Chris Hogan being a big body guy who can, who can stretch the field himself made a difference to that. But, Brandon, because I, it's... I, it's one of those things where, because it's the Patriots, I'm sitting here going, it probably will end up being a value trade. But I still just don't think... The, the exchange of the third and fourth, ignore that. I still don't think Brandon Cooks in any scheme is worth giving up a first-round pick for. I, I, I think they project him as, as basically a younger version of Antonio Brown. And if he becomes that, which I think he's more than capable of, of being that, especially in this system... I think it's well worth it, but he has to become that. So we'll we'll wait and see. But I, I think they've given up on trying to draft receivers high because it's been so bad for them over a number of years, and they'd mm. rather get a guy who that who then it's a known commodity to them. But I think Brandon Cooks, he's twenty three years old still. He has the potential to be a great wide receiver for seven or eight years, and I think he will be. I think he's perfect. And and the main thing I'd say, Will, and. And, and I think it, it's, it sums up a lot of the Patriots' moves, is in that Super Bowl for two and a half quarters, and, and when you're in the stadium in particular, I think you notice this more, they'd looked at a lot slower than Atlanta. And mm-hmm. Brandon Cooks massively upgrades that, and some of the other moves that they've made, I think, are geared towards just getting a little bit faster. And I, and I think 
I think that's been a big focus for them this off-season, and, and he fills that spot. So, I mean, whilst we're giving you the time to talk about the Patriots, and I'm sure that you're thoroughly enjoying this, uh, uh, Rex Burkhead comes in as well, and this is a really interesting one to me, because... Rex Burkhead, for me, in the last kind of four or five weeks of the season, really started to establish himself with the Bengals as a guy who can play a lot more offense. I mean, he led them in special teams tackles last year, and he's clearly a guy who's got that element. And we know that from, firstly, his history, but also his love of Matthew Slater and, and drafting guys. And, like, we know Bill Belichick loves a special teamer, but... Uh, Rex Burkhead feels to me like a guy who can come in and contribute on offense. And I wonder if it, if they're going to keep Lewis and White and Burkhead. And a lot of people still think they need a first and second down back. I think James White can be that. But what's interesting is now they've got, in theory, Dwayne Allen as a blocking tight end and can catch the ball. If Gronkowski can stay fit, they've now got four decent level receivers. It's just adding... You know, the rich getting richer, basically. Yeah, Burkhead, I think, is it? I honestly think he's a great sign and, and the most predictable sign of all because he's a typical Patriot and he's got the same agent as Bill Balachak. But he, he, I think, actually, White is the third down guy. There's no way they'll use him on first and second. Now, he's not a very good runner, despite what he did in the Super Bowl. But Dion Lewis is a brilliant inside runner and, and Burkhead's a similar guy. I think they will get used a lot on first and second down. And then. I think they'll draft a big back or bring LeGarrette Blunt back on a really small deal as just a goal line back, and then they'll just rotate those guys around as as that. And I, and, and it's Burkhead apparently left money on the table to go to the Patriots, so there's a reason for that, and that's because the Patriots utilise his skill set brilliantly. And the Patriots have actually, I think only four times in the history of Bill Belichick and the Patriots, they've paid a running back. As the equivalent of two percent of the car- of their salary cap, and mm-hmm. Rex Burkhead's contract is for one point nine percent, which tells you how greatly they value him. I think he's a four down player for the Patriots, the special teams. Yeah, I, I genuinely, well. I, I think it's at the moment the most underrated signing of free agency because people aren't talking about it enough. Rex Burkhead's a guy who. I, I think any NFL team, at the price that he's going for, with what he did towards the end of last season, should have been in the market for Rex Burkhead. I, I think he's one a, a guy who, value-wise, can be a real difference maker without having to spend a huge amount of money. I, yeah. I love it. And it make, it's, it's the one that more than Brandon Cooks, and even more than bringing Dante Hightower back, just makes me frustrated that the Patriots are just getting better. When a guy... I, I like the Burkhead sign and the, the signed Lawrence guy, the defensive lineman from the Ravens as well. He's another really good player. The, those two are, are classic Patriots moves that I think we'll be talking about more in 12 months than we are right now. And a guy that we, you and I, Sherry, thought that could be a, a, a pretty good Patriot, Eddie Lacy, um, has, has been snapped up by the Seahawks ridiculously. You're just ignoring my running order. Yeah, well, it, what is a, this? Mate, that's a, that's a great segue. What you is this? You go from running back to running back. So we're just moving to Marcus Ware retiring. The best pass rusher maybe mate, in the NFL for the last more... decade, and we're just popping him down to third or fourth when on there's the list. A, when there's a segue, you cannot ignore what a segue. What is this? Don't throw your toys out of the pram. <laughs> Taking over my show. You need to cut. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> do you know what the great thing is? I have the power to shut him up. So, uh, what do you make of that signing? Because three million guaranteed, five or six million for for a year for Fat Eddie and uh, Pete Carroll has said, "Yeah, I'd like him to to bulk up." But there were reports that he visited three teams. One of those teams he weighed in at two two sixty seven pounds or there or thereabouts. 
Is this a risk from the Seahawks or is it typical Pete Carroll move? Um, I'd like to again repeat my beast mode to feast mode gag, which I was pretty happy with. But, uh, Definitely the first person to say that joke on Twitter. Oh, really? I never saw anybody else. <laughs> Mate, he was called feast mode when he wasn't even at the Seahawks. Oh, but... really? I've, I've never heard that. I apologise for, <laughs> for this, uh, this flagrant plagri- plagiarism. That was, that was Plagiar- the wrong word, wasn't what it? What are you on about? <laughs> How many beers did you have? Uh, like three in about 45 minutes. Wow. Right, you have got a problem. <laughs> I think I might do. Um... Uh, it turned very bleak very quickly <laughs> this, this podcast moving on moving <laughs> the, on to the intervention stage. <laughs> yeah but they're also looking at jared cook uh in seattle as well which makes me intrigued about what's happening with the um uh jimmy graham jimmy graham um but uh, it's for three million guaranteed it's not a huge risk if he ends up I don't think he actually wants him to bulk up. The reports are that he weighed in last season at around the two two twenty seven mark. I think two thirty four. Given that he's currently uh, operating the defensive tackle level, yeah, I really don't think that he can bulk up anymore. He's, he's now two six seven apparently. <laughs> so you know they definitely want him to slim down a bit, and and he's done it before. And if he can show consistency and be injury free, you know, there's a guy who three seasons ago or two seasons ago was a a really impressive runner, had a really good first cut, uh, good open field speed as well. We've hey, just he's good not, catching the ball. We've just not seen that in the last two years. If he um. If, if he, he turns wa- back to that in any way, great. If he walks into training camp at that way, Tom Cable, the offensive line coach, would be looking at his lips, <laughs> loves a project, it's the old Tom. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, he was offensive tackle like a defensive lineman. No, I'm running back, actually. I'll but, tell you uh, what, he, he, let's talk guard. He'd be, uh, uh, he'd be better than some of the people they put at guard last season, anyway. Yeah. So. Hey, that's a yeah. Awesome the people they've signed this off season, Luke Jokel. Um, well, didn't we have a tweet in <laughs> we had a tweet from Danny saying, King <laughs> saying I dare at Will Gavin at Ollie Hunter to say something positive about the Seahawks. Look. No. You did. You said you don't think it's that much of a risk at three million. And the, I, I, I tend I, to agree. The Seattle Seahawks are a well run organization who've had an excellent defence for the last few years and in an era where ignore the Patriots but take any other team in the salary cap era if you can be a contender for four, five, six seasons running that is something to be impressed by. I just think that if you're willing to allow TJ Lang to go out the door when you could sign him for nine million a season, but you'll pay Luke Jokel eight million for one year. It just shows me how much you care about your offensive line. And when you've got someone like Russell Wilson, who is, yes, probably outside of Aaron Rodgers, the best scrambling playmaker in the league. But as we've seen time and time again, those guys have to adapt and have to become pocket passers and don't survive from an injury perspective for more than four or five years if they don't change their style. I think if they don't start paying a bit more attention to the offensive line, which they clearly don't coach very well, then they might get in some trouble. That's all and I was the, saying on Twitter, and I got a lot uh, of crap from Seahawks fans. I think um, I think Lucy's interesting. I mean, it's a shame because I actually think Thomas Rawls looks like one of the better running backs I've seen uh, coming into the league in the last few years, but he, he just can't stay healthy. He's a brilliant, violent running back, really love his style, but it doesn't translate to, to being in a lot of games. So... I, th- I think it makes sense to get another guy, and and Lacey's really intriguing. I'd have I'd have been intrigued by him at the Patriots, and I'm I'm intrigued to see how that tandem works out for the Seahawks. Now, look, we were going to uh, the, 
we, we'll talk about the rest of the running backs because finally those moves have started being made in, in the last couple of weeks. But let's talk some DeMarcus Ware. Retires after 12 seasons in the NFL. And uh, both you and I, uh, Sherry, in the last couple of seasons uh, have been around, and Ollie at the Super Bowl as well, around that Broncos locker room, spoken to defensive players about what DeMarcus Ware meant to them. I'm delighted that such a lovely man managed to not only win a Super Bowl, but do it without doing it at the Dallas Cowboys. In terms of disruptive guys, in terms of pass rushers, if you look at his percentage of, of quarterback pressures in the last 10 years, he is unrivaled. And he's a guy who still kind of felt like, apparently he left a $9 million offer sheet on the table and decided to walk away and retire. You see what's happening with people like James Harrison at the age he is. You feel like DeMarcus Ware still could have contributed. Julius Peppers. F- for me, DeMarcus Ware, there's, he's a Hall of Famer hands down, and there's a debate about him being a first ballot Hall of Famer. There isn't a debate. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to make really good podcast listening, what, so Sherry, if we don't you, have a debate what, so about it. So you don't it. think he is, Sherry? <laughs> you're out of order, mate. He's well, definitely a first ballot, and if you're saying that he's not... <laughs> I have to question how much you know about football. He um, he has the second most sacks per game of all time. I Third. Yeah. Reggie White and Lawrence Taylor. Well, and then there him. you go. It's but, not bad to be behind yeah. those. <laughs> it's hardly, it's, hardly bad company yeah, to keep. Yeah. Um, he He's a definite first ballot guy for me. I think he's it's one of those situations where... he. I mean, someone like James Harrison has won Super Bowls, but it was a while now since he last won one. Um, mm-hmm. I think... When it's only a year removed from winning the Super Bowl and when that was basically your career aim and you managed to achieve it, I think you can retire happily. And, and good luck to him. I'm sure he'll have a great career afterwards. It was all about Peyton Manning, wasn't it, last year and winning it for Peyton. But I think if you're asked, well, when we did ask anybody in that Broncos locker room, I think more people were interested in winning it for DeMarcus Ware than the were Peyton Particularly Manning. on the defensive side. And if you watch that America's game and you hear any interview with Von Miller from the last few years and, and even interviews with DeMarcus Ware, the way the two of them talk about that relationship, DeMarcus Ware saying that he was still learning things from Von Miller at 33 years old. And, and uh, that was the basis on which that Super Bowl run was built on. They just... They did it all completely right. But there's a, there's a, a conversation outside of Mark Square here because we could wax lyrical about him for ages and his fake spin move and just how brilliant all of that is. Are the Broncos having a sneaky, terrible off-season? Yeah. Like, John John Elway has been brilliant in most of what he's done over the last few years. And there's a lot of us who will say, yeah, but the Brock Osweiler thing, he did still offer him, like, only a million dollars less than the Texans, so let's not get overexcited about the fact that he let him go. But they are, they've got weaker on maybe three positions on the defence now. And on the offensive side of the ball, they've not got the best quarterback situation. The offensive line on the right-hand side, I think Ronald Leary's a guy who's an OK guard, but has been masked by being in a line with you know four other all-pro-level linemen where he's been in, in Dallas. And Menelik Watson's currently their starting right tackle. Who He's actually their starting left at the moment. Oh, bloody it. Like, that's ridiculous. Who's the, who's the left tackle outside of Menelik? No, you're, you're, you're probably right. And I mean, it's madness. We like Menelik, obviously. He's the Brit, and he's I, a lovely I, I, guy I, I and everything else. A, but I think he could be a really good right tackle. Yeah. He can't be a left tackle. And I think that was shown in the playoff game last year against Clowney. I mean, that's obviously the, as tough a matchup as you'll get. But he, he was learning the game when he came into the league. He's trying to learn to be a right tackle. He's not going to be a left tackle. So... 
It's it's real madness. Sorry, to be for, I'm, I'm uh, offensive line. I'm, I'm a bit of a layman. Is there a huge difference between playing right tackle and left tackle? So with a normal quarterback being a right-handed quarterback, and obviously I guess it switches in a in a um, uh, in a scheme with a lefty. But well, there, you, there aren't any lefties. You're, you're There's le- one lefty, I think. In your the league. left tackle is the guy who protects your line, your blind side. So in theory, he has to be the guy who is the best at stopping the pass rush, who is the best pass protection tackle. And generally you want your left tackled because of that to be a bit more movable, a bit more lithe, a bit more... uh, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. And then the right tackle traditionally tends to be the more running side. You want the guy who's more of a run blocker, who's a bigger guy. That's in theory. Obviously, realistically, you want a right tackle who's as good as your left tackle but because the left tackle is protecting the blind side that's the big one that's the, the position on the offensive the other line issue talk is about. that in reality it's a completely different technique which is why so few guys can play both because mm-hmm. if you think about it, you're switching sides so mm-hmm. your left hand is becoming the dominant hand on the left vice versa so once you're kind of trained in one it's really difficult to switch to the other side and there's only a a few guys who have ever done that successfully. So, so equating it to rugby, it's like the tight and the loose head of, a, of the front of a scrum. Uh, that is not a terrible comparison. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty decent yeah. as a comparison. Good work. All right, thanks. Thanks. That you all round. By the way, that all round. Two minutes of really good stuff there. Let's continue that. <laughs> Shame about the other 50. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next thing on my running order, which might as well have been tossed out the window. Uh, <laughs> If you're not going to Julius Peppers here, (laughs) Uh, after talking about a Hall of Hall of Famer who Julius Peppers going to the Panthers is very much on my other roundup section. Yeah, yeah, but you could you could segue very easily. But let's talk about the team that Julius Peppers has left. I see what you've done there because. Two moves this week. They brought Devon House back. I think we expected that and even talked about it on the last show. Three moves. I had a quite the Barney with some Packers fans on Twitter where I basically pointed out that losing two potential starts of your line, I get that Tressa was a second trigger, but I think she thought was a better starter last season. Uh, and letting Jared Cook go, who uh, people gave me a lot of stick because Jared Cook, his 400 yards and five touchdowns, whatever it ended up being, doesn't look like a lot. But when Aaron Rodgers says after a playoff loss, he's got to be the first guy you re-sign, you've got to pay attention to that. So I merely pointed out that with the moves they'd made, unless they land like four draft picks as starters, they're looking a lot weaker this year, and I think they might not go to the playoffs. I got some stick. Now, Ted Thompson has made one great move because realistically and what the Packers system do if you're not going to bring Jared Cook back you get in Lance Kendricks was brilliant last year <laughs> <laughs> apparently he's mates with Aaron Rodgers <laughs> they bring in Marty B Martellus Bennett who, le- who apparently signed for less money than they offered Jared Cook so all round brilliant move he's a guy who's just come off that Super Bowl win we've seen just what he, the impact he could make in New England and theoretically he's the one guy in the league who you could get this year who does what Jared Cook does better than Jared Cook does it. Brilliant. But you've still left quite a lot of holes on your roster after the last week and a half. And especially in a in a draft class where it's the O-line is is not thought to have been really any And apparently good. there's seven draftable tight ends. So, so then, could, can we talk about as well the fact that a terrible defense has lost some of its better players? I mean, yeah. It's it's madness. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if anything, for me, if I was a Packers fan, the, the, the Bennett signing would be the most frustrating thing of all because it illustrates the calibre of player that you can get through the doors when you actually try and sign good players. Because people want to come and play, people want for, to play for Green Packers. Bay. They want to play for Aaron Rodgers. It, it's, 
it's a baffling situation that, you know, we haven't addressed that defence and we're letting go strength in depth on our line. The line is is key for what Aaron Rodgers does. Okay, he he runs about a lot, but he's afforded the time to run about because of the line. And when someone comes out, goes out injured, you've got JC Tretter to come in, for instance. So that, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's a really frustrating thing to have someone really good come in. And, you know, it's, it's kind of whinging for the sake of whinging and a Packers fan, oh, woe is us. We've got Martell, Martellus Bennett in, but we're not looking at elsewhere. But we're one of those teams that should be expecting to challenge each time. And once again, free agency, despite Martellus Bennett, is is frustrating. And how many years has Rodgers been the starter now? Uh, I think it's eight years, something like that. He was One three years. Super Bowl in eight years with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. Good enough, is it? I don't think that they've improved the team since that 2010 win. Like I can't remember a season where it hasn't at best leveled off. Maybe, maybe the year they went 15 and one, and and they obviously got beat off the Giants yeah. in the playoffs that year. But that was the year after the Super Bowl win. So I mean, you could argue that since that point, it's the carryover. They've, they've progressively got worse, and and I mean. What, what, well, what they, they've got they've got worse. Their def- the defense has got worse as Don Capers has got older, and I think there's a correlation in that. And then starting to neglect, it seems to the outsider, the O line, but bringing in two tight ends, effectively trying maybe changing the way that we're going to play, is a ju- I, it's a big risk. But let's see what <laughs> let's see what happens in the rest of free agency. Let's see what happens in the draft, and let's see what happens next year. But it's um it's not as encouraging as some may think. You're right. Hi everyone, it's Dev off the radio here. We're doing a brand new podcast from Lucas Aid Sport called Running the Show. And I'm Sam Thompson from Made in Chelsea. Hey. I'll be joining annoying slash being overly affectionate with Dev for the next twelve weeks as we both take up running for the first time. Make sure you join us on all your podcast providers to find out which one of us is killing the training and which one of us is hating every second. Probably me. Will Gavin. Sticking with the NFC North, uh, where we were talking about the running backs earlier on, uh, just to say, Jamal Charles still available. Adrian Peterson still available because he has now been replaced with another 28, although apparently for respect reasons will not be taking the number 28 jersey uh, because of the, it's there wasn't a thought in my mind to try and ask for the 28. I have too much respect for AP as Latavius Murray signs with the Minnesota Vikings. A three-year deal worth roughly $15 million. I think it gives you an idea of where the running back market is in general if a guy who's a supposedly a proven starter is only getting an average of $5 million a season season uh, he had Murray is an interesting one because I've the Vikings moves over the last few days have been interesting in general Adam Thielen comes back and Adam Thielen down the stretch last year proved to be their decent deep threat he proved to be the guy who actually did what we expected Stefan Diggs to do and had quite an impressive year overall bringing him back on a three-year deal absolutely love that um Dayton Jones uh, Dayton Jones comes in uh, I think like 3.75 million I think as a prove it deal which seems to have been the uh, very much the the theme of free agency so far I think that's a very good move I, I think I really that's do. a decent move but then 
I understand that there was no way you were going to re-sign Matt Khalil for the money that he was paid, considering his injury issues. But they've let Andre Smith go back to Cincy as well. And considering the thing that really cost them last season was when those O-line injuries came in and Sam Bradford had to change what he was doing and couldn't go downfield as much. And they switched up the offense to much more dink and dunk and it didn't work. These moves all look nice, but I feel like unless they get stouter up front quickly they're not going to reach the potential that the defence and the offensive weapons mean they should reach. And the Mike Rammers move is, is a farce. Yeah. The amount of money. I mean, not even... He's crap. He's getting paid as one of the best <laughs> right tackles in the NFL. He's won a Super Bowl, though, so... No, oh, he yeah. he's so, played in the Super Bowl, mate. Oh, uh, Yeah. Sorry, Sorry, I thought well, I didn't realise what you were trying to do there. Uh, yeah, no, that's fine. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Carry on. <laughs> but I mean, I like the Reef signing. I mean, they've, they've had, they've had, everybody's had to overpay for offensive linemen this year. Um, and one of the one of the other moves that the Patriots should get credit for is re-signing Marcus Cannon in the middle of the year. And not many people were happy about it at the time, but he's now a top three right tackle who they've got at way less than the Remmers deal. So I mean. It's just, I agree, I'm, and they had to try and upgrade it. And what they've done is went out and said, "Look, anything's better than what we had. We're going to overpay for the best guys we can find." But that doesn't mean that they're good guys, does it? Yeah, and and you know that I, we, I think we've talked about this plenty. But I'm not a huge fan of Latavius Murray's. I think he was better last year, but that had a lot to do with the Raiders had one of the best offensive lines in the league, specifically from a running perspective. You know, they were a big, stout line. It might be not the most flexible, movable line in the league, but they suited what they were trying to do. And he had that complement of the the two young backs they brought in Washington and. Uh, it'll come to me in a minute, I'm sure. Um, and they, and they, Richard was the other guy. Richard, they, yeah. they both played better than Murray, to be yeah. honest. And, and Murray was used as the supposed workhorse, and he got the the bulk of the of the straight up carries. But you know, he doesn't inspire. I think people are calling it an upgrade because he's a younger guy. But in terms of a talent perspective, it's a massive downgrade. A, if Adrian Peterson ends up being fit and healthy this year so it's gonna be fascinating to see what happens yeah there. but wasn't he fit and healthy before he went out injured last year yeah and, that, and that's the problem it was 1.9 yards per carry he was he was terrible yeah but that that was again largely because of how bad the offensive line was. that's that true changing and if anything murray's the kind of guy who needs a good offensive line it, i just don't see the fit but obviously minnesota hope that the new offensive lineman pan out and it remains to be seen whether that's the case. The last one I have is a more in-depth one, and then we'll run through a few of the other moves quickly. Dontari Poe signs with the Atlanta Falcons. That prove-it deal things c- comes around again. Do you realise Dontari Poe's 26? I was convinced he was closing in on 30. Like, uh, it's because, I mean, you've seen it. It, it. What we're starting to see now, and it's similar to the, me saying Brandon Cooks is only 23, is we're starting to really see the fact that juniors who have are coming out more the last mm-hmm. few years, it means when guys are hitting their first contracts, some of them are only 25, 26 years old. So I think we're really starting to see what's happening with that and how teams are going to overpay for that because they're getting a younger guy. So Dontari Poe joins the Falcons. Thomas Willoughby asked us on Twitter, Poe to the Falcons, good move, bad move. Um, I think it's kind of a, a, a two... Because if Dan Quinn can get out of him what he was doing a season ago, two seasons ago, Dontare Poe is a disruptive nose tackle who both stops the run but also can get involved in the pass rush as well. I think he's got 
an incredible talent level. And if you put him in there with Grady Jarrett and Grady Jarrett lives up to Super Bowl levels, you've got a really interesting interior of your line there. Uh, particularly as they don't get a lot of front-line pass rush. It tends to come off the linebackers and off the sides anyway. But uh, the reason I do think it's a good move is at $8 million on a prove-it deal, yet again, the Chiefs in the same day signed Benny Logan from, from the Eagles, who isn't a bad player, but you'd argue doesn't have anywhere near the same sort of ceiling as Dontare Poe. And they gave him basically the same money that Poe has been given at the Falcons. And for $8 million, it sounds ridiculous, but you can kind of afford to take a little bit of a risk on a guy for that money who has seen his production drop off in the last two seasons and say to yourself, look, if we can train him up and we can coach him up and get him to the level he's been playing at, theoretically, this is a guy who could be, you know, a top three, four defensive tackle in the league. Yeah, I don't think there's any risk because I think the one-year deal eliminates the risk. Mm-hmm. Dontari Poe has to be the guy that athletically he should be or he's not going to get the big contract that he wants. It's as simple as that. And I think this was, soon as I saw that he was on the market, this was the one I picked out because Scott Pioli, who is really influential in the in the personnel department, um, formerly with the Patriots, and the former Chiefs general manager actually drafted Dontari Poe. So... I think for them, it's good. for for him. It's kind of trying to see that process through. But athletically, there's no guy in the NFL with more upside as, as a defensive tackle. So he has to deliver that if he wants to get paid like his talent suggests he should. Shall we go through a quick rundown of the quick moves to be made, and then we'll get to the tweets. Let's. Yeah, the gridiron. Uh, hot takes, free agency hot takes. <laughs> right, yeah, I'll throw to each of you for one of these. Uh, 3.5 million, 1.65 million guaranteed. That's what Julius Peppers is being paid to head home to Carolina. He says this isn't a homecoming tour before he retires. Ollie Hunter, I think it very much feels like one. It feels like it fifth on the all-time sack list. I think 143 and a half or something. Uh, he was still a force last season. If they keep him... Or, or use him for 500 snaps per season uh, or next season. I think they're going to get some production from him. And uh, I like it. I think it's uh, it, there's barely any risk in that whatsoever. Uh, Matt Sherry, Colts, defence, needed extra pieces. They needed pass rush desperately. And in the last two days, they brought in Marcus Hunt on a two-year deal. OK, that's a bit of a risk-reward situation. But the big one, Jabal Sheard, who we loved in the New England's for a period of time, but seemed to drop off towards the end of last year. Yeah, well, it, it was the middle of last year he dropped off. They actually kept him off the plane for a game against um, your San Francisco 49ers. But well, the, yeah, it's because did, they didn't need him. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But he um, he did come on. He came on really nicely again at the end of the year. Not he was he got involved more as a pass rusher again. But he's a very good run defender. He, he actually played well in coverage at the end of the year, bizarrely. But he's a good player. I, I'd really like to see him do well at the Colts and. Um, I also like them signing John Simon as was a guy from Houston who I think as an under the radar guy was a nice sign. I think the Colts have had a pretty nice off season so far. Will Gavin, Niners acquired Jeremy Zuta in exchange for a sixth <laughs> round pick with the Ravens. God, I'm really glad that that's the one you brought up for me. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Well, uh, you're a Niners fan. Come on. Well, well we cut our centre this year, or I think he might have even got traded for a late round pick. But anyway, we needed a centre. Uh, Jeremy Zuta's not a terrible one, but the 49ers are hardly you know getting Alex Mack. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, well, uh, Carl Shanahan runs a scheme which is described by Matt Sherry last week can mask bad offensive line play. So if we get workable offensive linemen and then run his scheme reasonably well, we might be a four-win team this season. 
Oh, how you can dream, <laughs> Mum Brav. I've just, I've just was, I've been doing some free agency grades for the magazine today, and I did really, I, mean, I knew that they paid him more than they should have, but Malcolm Smith was oh, the second don't. biggest contract that they gave out. Don't. What are they thinking? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the Ravens have made a couple of moves in their secondary. Um, Ladarius Webb's been cut. I think that's no real surprise, considering after his conversion to safety, it didn't really work. And they went and brought in the biggest safety on the market in Tony Jefferson. They've also, just in literally the last couple of minutes, added Brandon Carr to their cornerback. Uh, he signed a, a one-year deal with a series of options to make it a four-year, $24 million deal, likely two years, $12 million. Uh, Brandon Carr... Uh, other than Byron Jones, probably the one really serviceable part of that Cowboys backfield. Yeah, I would say Morris Claiborne had a really nice... Oh, yeah, most of did have a good year. But I still feel like Cowboys, uh, they're lucky that this year is good in the in the backfield, both in safety and corner, because I think that's where they're going to need to be looking in the draft. Yeah, I think they're just an all-defence draft for the Cowboys, isn't it? Yeah. And that's fine. Chicago Bears have made a couple of moves. Kendall Wright comes in on a one-year deal. I mean... Love that. I love it, but I still look at what they've done this year and think, yeah, but you're a lot weaker than a team that only won three games last season on the offensive side of the ball. They did add Prince of Mukamara. I love a lot of the Bears moves. Well, they've brought in Prince of Mukamara, and on the defensive side of the ball, I do think the Bears are in with a shout of having a really, really good defence this year. I just think that, you know, great, you only concede 10 points a game, but are you going to score much more than that with Glennon and Wright and... A bunch of unproven younger guys. It, it's yeah. It's not looking great on that side. I've officially sided on Mike Lang. I, I, I'm, I've, I've genuinely watched a, a bit of him again recently, just to have a look. And, and, and I mean, for, for the amount of experience he had when he played, he he has potential. I like the sign, and I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how it works out. Uh, sorry, go on, Ollie. You felt uh, like you were going to jump in. Yeah, uh, just. I like the signing because basically they can get out of it after this Yeah, and that's it. That's the main thing because I know you've watched a bit of him, Matt, but there isn't much on him. And, you know, we saw what happened with Brock Osweiler. I I just don't get this immediate love for people who haven't played much football. Sherry, he played a bit of football early on in his Bucks career. I feel like if you had 14, 16 games under, under let's say Ollie, because he's got a really good arm, under centre, I could probably find enough flashes of decency to go, look, he could be serviceable. The, the other, the other they didn't move is, the, the offence the, with him there. The other thing is, yeah, I mean, he had a terrible offensive line, and we all know what that does to quarterbacks. But the, the, the other thing that I, honestly, I mean, I've been kind of texting a couple of the guys who 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 I know and and who know of him in that situation, and the suggestion is that he he can be a starter. And apparently, Tampa Bay have rejected multiple trade offers for him over the last two years because they were so keen to keep him as their backup. Well, they wanted to pay him something like nine million dollars. Yeah, million, exactly. Yeah. To, to be the, the backup. Were, they're the guys who are in the building with him every single day. I, listen, I'm more intrigued by that than I would be. Ryan Fitzpatrick you know what I mean I, I just think at least they're trying something else it doesn't stop them being able to draft a quarterback I, I don't dislike it I think I, I, in fact I'm, I'm a fan of it if you're not going to be able to get a guy like Garoppolo then go and get a guy well, who's a little bit unproven and, and may turn out to be something I'll tell you what it's, and that you, you, you bring, a, bring in Garoppolo it's just you know this is a guy who is in a schemed offence with the best the absolute best uh, head coach of all time uh, He's played what five games? 
how do we what know he's up? yeah or whatever you know how do we know right. i'm not getting into this again good. i'm not getting into this again well, we spent 10 minutes of the last podcast which wasn't meant to be in any way about him talking about this uh, i'm moving I'm, on and i'm right and i'm right here are the rest of the free agent moves that i'm going to very quickly pass over the titans bring in sylvester williams i think they're quietly having a good free agency period on the defensive side of the ball and finding some value and adding pieces where they need to the detroit lions confirm the signing of tj lang i think we knew about that in the last pod and talked about it the <laughs> The Bills, <laughs> the Bills bring back Lorenzo Alexander on a two-year deal. Wow, he got overpaid for a guy who had one year of good production. Cordero well, Patterson he had about signed half with the a year Oakland of Raiders as well. <laughs> Cordero Patterson signed with the Oakland Raiders, so we'll see two flashy kick returns and nothing else. Uh, Jarvis Jones goes to the Arizona Cardinals, balancing out what's been generally a free agent, a terrible free agent period for them. To slightly less terrible, but not a lot less terrible. Uh, Jonathan Cooper goes to Dallas. You know, he's a former first-round pick. He's a rotation guy, backup guy, fine. Uh, I think that's the... Oh, and Andre Roberts goes to the Falcons. And, you know, I don't know if Steve Sarkeesian will make him the next Taylor Gabriel, but I doubt it. Do you know what all of that was like? That was like, you know, chat shows where they do a little bit at the beginning, a couple of hot take, like, trying to make people laugh, and then they go to, you know, like Graham Norton, and then he goes to the sofa. He does a bit, of, like a little stand-up-y bit at the beginning. That was a bit like that for you, then. Hey, look, Bra- Bra- Morris Claiborne, who we've just mentioned, yeah. signed for the Jets. <laughs> I've just had that same tweet. Morris Claiborne expected to sign with the Jets per league source. So there you go. Morris, what are you doing? Darrell Revis to Dallas. Yeah? Well, he said, he's, he said he's still, <laughs> he's still got it, or oh, he thinks he has. He's going to play that. for free, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. No, uh, he is. He is because you're getting six million anyway. Apparently, he's going to flirt. But isn't it the, is, isn't it the moment somebody pays him over six million, they have to pay his entire wage, and yeah, well, he's looking it, for more so. than six million? No, he's not. Apparently, he's the, no. The, that's that's changed since last week when he was looking for yeah, eight, according the, to the his report, agent. The report yeah. today is that he's already dropped fifteen pounds, and he is willing to play for veteran minimum. So uh, this this feels like proper off season fodder. Well, any team that, if he is, any team that signs him is is paying him half a million dollars, and the Jets are paying him five and a half. So, I mean, I mean, the Patriots are almost certainly going to be in the mix. Imagine Bill Belichick knowing that he could have a player who the Jets are paying the salary for for a season. Yes. Okay. It's going to happen. <laughs> Good. Uh, right. I am literally, as we speak, setting up the live periscope to see if anyone actually gets involved and does it let's see what happens because we're going to go to your twitter questions now i flipped it onto its side we have gone live at gridiron and i'm putting the headphones let me just check that they actually work hello yes they do oh they're really loud actually let's hope that doesn't absolutely deafen people we'll dangle that over the microphone and we have officially two people watching excellent stuff ollie i'm not talking to the microphone so maybe you could for a moment okay what are you doing there we're trying something out. I know, but... We're revolutionising. Okay. We're changing things. We're yeah. doing something different. At the moment, they've literally just got a view oh, oh, of yeah. you in the other studio. We're There's me. We're revolutionising. We're changing things. What's, what? What's going on there? Are you hearing that coming through? Uh, yeah. I that... think Sherry's watching the stream and we're hearing oh, yeah, it from Sherry's end. <laughs> Sherry's I knew like, it. Oh, I'm yeah. such an egotist. Uh, Unbelievable. <laughs> at the moment, it's just me on the stream, so I'm going to flip it so you can see Ollie in the studio as well. Let's go through the Twitter questions, and then if anyone sends one in on the live Periscope whilst we're doing the Twitter questions, and maybe just let us know if you can hear everything okay, that would be great. 
it's literally the moment just a shot of like your head peering over the desk but i kind of feel a bit self-conscious about it being just me looking hung over and a bit of a mess uh let's start with adam barton who asks and this is one for sherry really are the patriots shortening their window for success or extending it with their free agent moves uh, extending it because I think they're building a team both for Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo in two years time brilliant that's fine that's that one done Jamie Foyle do you think Foles is going to be a well paid benched QB behind Wentz or are they actually looking to give Wentz more time to settle I don't, what are you suggesting that Foles is going to get starter time there yeah right? Foles is not starting any games unless Carson Wentz is injured. I think Wentz had a had a fall off at the end of last year in classic first season rookie quarterback style, but he suddenly got a lot more weapons there. If he's going to prove himself, if he's going to do it, then you know they're making it much easier for him mm. to do it this year. Hopefully, they don't have injuries on the offensive line this time. You know, I, I I fancy the Eagles to be decent on offense this year. I just wish they weren't losing so many defensive pieces. Anyone? Agreed. Good. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Just agree with me all times. If anyone's writing any messages as well, I forgot I'm to actually listen to it. So feel free to get in touch. <laughs> Kyle asks, are the Cardinals becoming a care home or is the experience <laughs> positive for the young stars we have? Do you know what? We haven't talked much about the Cardinals and the, the exodus from that defence, I think, is actually really worrying for them. Um, okay, they've 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 got david johnson back without too much injury problems and but losing calais campbell i think is is a huge miss and i worry for the cardinals defense going forward unless they get a few people in uh, was it tony jefferson they let they lost yeah. they calais let go campbell. calais campbell marcus cooper so there's a lot of people that have gone and 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 handed out a contract to Jermaine Gresham that was oh, as bad r- as any Unbelievable! That's one of the worst worst ideas or worst decisions that they've made, and it's it's a strange, strange decision that was, as well as some of the other ones as well. Yeah, and and I mean anybody who read the latest edition of Gridiron will know that we had a the interview with Bruce Arians, and then we we kind of build it as all or nothing this season. It's probably the last ride for for Palmer Fitzgerald and potentially Arians, and I really thought that. They'd try and load up to to win this year, but I just can't see it happening based on the losses and 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 the massively overpaying Jermaine Gresham and Chandler Jones. Apparently, the connection isn't very good, so people are getting lots of breakups. Send us in questions though, because that'd be great. Live pod, woo! Someone sent us. Uh, feel free to send in questions or react to what we're saying as well. We're gonna, we're just trying something out, a bit different. Irish Niner fan wants to know: after the first week, who do you think had the best free agency, and what way do you see? What way do you see the draft going? Seems like a very, very <laughs> big question. Uh, lots I'm, of I'm defensive gonna... players in the first round, but we're going to do so much draft coverage. Uh, in the in the future, so I think there's going to be trading all over the place in the draft. We, I think moving up, moving down, trading in, trading out. I think it's going to be thrilling. So week one of free agency. I mean, I think we've already kind of said in this That's podcast, and people will find like out that. it's going to be all the Patriots. That's the big one, isn't it? It's Patriots. It's Jaguars who, who, who've had a great time. And they've won like, free agency. Oh, I hate that. Get out. Yeah, but how regularly? I think the Giants did it a little bit last year, but beyond that, those teams generally aren't very successful. I think the New Orleans Saints have had a sneaky good free agency. They've made a lot of moves. I also hate that phrase. 
I said sneaky earlier on, and I noticed you didn't pick up on it. I picked up on it. <laughs> uh, that withering look you give me through the glass, I feel it's like something we should get live on the uh, thing. If you are watching us on Periscope, get in touch. Let us know you can hear what's going on, etc. Um, uh, the, the Colts and the Dolphins as well are two who I've got written down as being really impressive. Good. Good. Nick Barwell asks, <laughs> re-free agency and Adrian Peterson, why so little made of previous domestic issue? Extensive comment on Hardy and Rice when free agents in the past. I mean, if you look at some of the... If, if you compare it, what Hardy and Rice did... Rice was, was so public, Hardy was so horrendous, and Peterson has kind of been brushed under the, the carpet. But I agree with you, it should be... It, it should have been made more of. And I think a lot of uh, fathers and, and people, when they think about it, really are uncomfortable with what Adrian Peterson did. But uh, why that not much more has been made of it? Is it because he's a, a better player than those two? I don't know. No, I think it, I, I, it was horrific what was done. Um, I'm not sure whether it was necessarily the, the same level of intent with what happened um, that there was in the other cases. I mean, I don't think that we should be judge and jury for these kind of things, but I think there were different circumstances slightly. Not that I'm suggesting in any way that they were that they were okay by any stretch. Just putting a thumb in front of the camera when Sherry speaks. <laughs> uh, 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 let us know if you can hear Sherry now, because I've turned up the headphones that are currently supplying you with the audio feed. Fat thumb, someone tweeted. Thanks, that's really useful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's just asked his thoughts on the Steelers. Yeah, uh, Jake Viney, who also sent us a message saying, uh, what should Tony Romo spend his $64 playing bonus on? Let's see if he can hear Sherry now. Um, uh, Sherry, what do you think about the Steelers? Oh, they, right, I they've... put the wrong headphones on there, so that's why they couldn't hear. They'll be able to hear now. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Sherry, what do, you th- what do you think about the Steelers? Because Look, I'm going to shut him up. What do you think about the Steelers? Because they let go Marcus Wheaton to the Bears. Does that mean that they're going to look at at wide receiver in the draft are they banking on too much on Martavis Bryant coming back what's what what's your thought on that it's an interesting one I think Martavis Bryant is actually probably I mean he's maybe he's maybe a top 10 NFL receiver if so I think talent wise he's got everything that they need and and it sounds like he has sorted himself out I believe he's basically hauled himself up in the desert for for his suspension so Hopefully that works out, and and if it does, then I don't think that wide receiver is a big issue. They've got they've got some nice guys behind Brown and Bryant anyway. So I think they're fine now. I think they're really weak now at linebacker. They let Lawrence Timmons go to the Dolphins, and and he was one of their key middle linebackers. And and they tried to sign Dante Hightower, but obviously he re-signed in New England. I think he'd have been a perfect fit for them. So, so draft-wise, they'll probably look at that, someone to pair up with Ryan Shazier and Desperately move hoping on from that there. Ruben Foster slips after the nonsense that happened with him at the draft. They've, they've, got, a, they've got a young guy at linebacker whose name has escaped me, who I think's tagged in as a starter as well. So maybe uh, not a huge need, but they, they just need defensive help. Their defence is what lets them down year in and year out. They need to improve their defence. Jake also asked us what should Tony, Ro- Tony Romo spend his $64 playing bonus on. I'm going to say a flogged off uh, Brock Osweiler jersey. I'm going to say take all your mates out, Tony, family, whatever. Go all to your f- mates out on the $64? Yeah, go to Freebird Burritos. <laughs> Because I still keep dreaming about that burrito. It was so good. 
Uh, it's so, uh, I was going to say, so someone said a back brace. Brilliant. See, I would, this is I why would doing the live Jerry. podcast works really well. I mean, we've varied between 14 and 11 viewers, but they're there and they can hear you now, apparently, Sherry. I would buy Jerry Jones a lap dance and try and persuade him to release him. What crap clubs have you been going to if you're paying $64 for a lap dance? Was it Bud Dupree? (laughs) Was it Bud Dupree? No? Right. Sherry? I don't get it, mate. No, the, the bloke you were trying to remember. No, no, it's Kevin somebody who's... I forgot his name. Anyway, so... Kevin Anderson. Yeah, that's you guys. Anderson. We've gone through the Twitter questions that we've already been sent in, and we've only had a couple sent in on the live feed, but people are watching it, and they're getting to see Ollie's head little bobbing around, and they occasionally get to see a little bit of me when I tap on the screen and give it a wave. Uh, but I think this this kind of works. If we make this a regular thing, then if people get in touch with us on Twitter when we put it out there, they can send in their questions live and we'll do it. Somebody sent us a little love heart thing, and it was green, so there we go. It's happening. Great. Uh, excellent was stuff. It li- was it Liam Blackburn, like a <laughs> Slytherin green heart? <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, all good. Everyone uh, happy? And have we covered everything everyone wanted to cover? I would like to ask you both, what do you think will happen with Jamal Charles? And what would you like to happen with Jamal Charles? Where could, where would he be a good fit? What do you think, where do you think he would go? I've already said I think Jamal Charles, by the way, we didn't, we missed off that Darren McFadden has re-signed in Dallas. Uh, I, Jamal Charles for me is the more attractive uh, free agent than Adrian Peterson because I think he can play more snaps uh, he can play more downs, um, and I would. You know, I think anyone who is thinks they can get him for a decent deal, and they're a kind of mid-level contender, then I think he improves most backfields in the NFL. There are very few teams that couldn't do with his help. Here we go for the Patriots. Oh God! <sighs> Thanks, mate. I would like him at Green Bay, <laughs> and I'd like him in San Francisco. Everybody's happy. Uh, Whoops. Did you play the Fitzmagic drop? Yeah, yeah, Brilliant. I think, I think, <laughs> the throwback. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ollie, any final thoughts? No. Uh, Sherry, go and watch the Man United game. It's eight minutes in and you've, you've been missing it, so I can't I believe you've stayed with us. Uh, the background, free kick, Pog. I thought slapped. you checked out about eight minutes ago, mate. Daily Blint all stood over it. I think Daily Blint's going to hit this one. That's, I think, that's, my uh, money. that's where my money be, is. It should <laughs> be Pog, And the last time I said this... Zlatan's going to hit this and he's going to score. Ibrahimovic isn't good at free kicks. You're not good at free kicks, He'll probably mate. score this No, it's, it's Zlatan. Yeah, easy. Here we go. Easy Slatan, enough. Standing over the ball. Right, don't forget touchdown trips, touchdowntrips.com. We're going to be speaking with Ben Mortimer next week to get Ooh, more information back. about the tour, but you can get your uh, money in now. Uh, <laughs> stop talking Slatan. about Zlatan. Right. Oh, I see the wall. He's rubbish. I told you, Sherry. He's rubbish at free kicks. <laughs> you never it, believe me. I really wish I had control over your in the face. This is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> Why does they stop that for a ball hitting someone in the face? I'm trying to plug that our is tour for next year. And now you are just giving it all the Zlat chat. Um, oh, <laughs> Zlat chat sounds Zlat like the, chat. the worst porn channel you've ever stumbled across. Uh, but Matt Sherry would love it. Oh, yeah. Right. So thank you very much for listening. That's Check out Touchdown Trips. Get involved uh, with the tour. £100 you can get with your uh, you get your refund back on that one if you decide not to come along. We'll be announcing it with the schedule. Schedule. Yeah, I said schedule. it for you just because you'd moved away from the mic next week. Again, touch with us at Gridiron on Twitter. Uh, we're going to be doing this live thing for the Twitter questions, I guess, on a regular basis. So send in your questions on there. It's very quickly dropped down from 14 to 6 people now. They obviously know it's rapid up uh so uh matt sherry i ask always ask ollie have you got any final thoughts nah brilliant in which case thank you very much for listening how's this brady matt has been the gridiron show he's great 
the situation in the Pacific is worse than reported. The Japanese are planning something big. What's the target? Midway. From the director of Independence Day. A couple dozen planes. It's all Japanese fleet. We got the order to launch. Discover the incredible true story. Today we're going to be underdogs. Of the World War II battle. Good luck, boys. Fire! Midway. Download and keep now.